Oh, why, hello there. And welcome back to another episode of What's With You, Scooby-Doo. Ben Relifer joins me to talk about what's new Scooby-Doo. Here's the thing. This series kind of passed me by in the sense that, uh, I don't know, I, I watched like original Scooby-Doo. I don't know what was happening in my life when this came out. Maybe I was like, I was never too snobby for Scooby-Doo, but for some odd reason I just didn't watch this series. But it is a foundational series for a lot of people. Like, this is what they remember. So I feel like I want to dive more into it. And I have to say, at first, I was kind of bummed, uh, but the more I watch it, the more I'm starting to get it. The more I'm starting to enjoy it. And I think that comes across in this episode. Ben, of course, is fantastic. You can hear him on the Carton cast as well as Empowered, uh, select episodes of Amusement Sparks, a bunch of things. He's great. We go through a freewheeling discussion, uh, a little bit more on topic than normal, I have to say. Keeps me focused. It's fun. Real quick correction, the finale of MASH had 121.6 million viewers, not 72, as I said. And that's it. Hey, as always, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can find us on Facebook.com slash What's With You Scooby-Doo. What's With You Scooby-Doo at gmail.com for internet, for email, Twitter, and Instagram at WWY Scooby-Doo. Thank you, as always, for listening. And once again, to the podcast, let's do this. burning cast we should record <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> anime <old>. ever <laughs> <laughs> three saying five you yeah right what's with you scooby-doo <laughs> no we didn't even start recording yet <laughs> <laughs> today on the podcast through the miracle of the internet i have ben right as rain relaford Thank you very much. Are we actually recording? I don't know. remember how you do this. Do you just record both our sides? Because I yeah. did not press a button. Okay. Oh, no. There's no button pressing needed from you. No button to be pressed. Yeah. All right. Just uh, just buttons to be impressed. I I like to I like to think of myself as a button impressor. <laughs> that's uh that's what it said. That's what we say all the time on my podcast. That's the impression I get. Mighty Mighty Boston's. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, did I did I share with you uh, that I also got business cards? <laughs> did I did you see this thing? Are you looking at it now? For the listener, he is holding up a business card <laughs> to the webcam. Retro and cartoon says, dissection. Oh give yeah. A, contact us or give feedback. Cartoncast at gmail.com. Great. And what's that logo? That is a carton of eggs. Sure is. A full carton of eggs. And then bam. Fancy Bat. Cartoncast is brought to you by www.fancybat.com. Did you do that logo? No, I got a friend of mine, too. Uh, oh. She she didn't really... I mean, like, I technically owe her now, but I brought her brunch. Right. I bought her brunch, and, like, that's that was my end of the bargain. That's enough. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know, man. These logos look great. Also, that was the most subtle gorilla advertisement ever. Just like, oh, did I tell you I had, cur- <laughs> I had cards, man? I, just, I don't know, man. <laughs> Podcasting, <laughs> and I'm proud of them, and they're right there. Buzz marketing. Buzz Lightyear. To the rescue. To the market. Yeah, I, I like to think of my podcast as falling in style. 
<laughs> That's how I've thought of my whole career. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on, man. Of course. Thanks for being on. Typically, we Good start to be back with a little history lesson, uh, mm-hmm. a foe getting to know you. And since you've already been on, uh, I typically just ask, uh, how's your Scooby life been since you've last been on? Well, I, I love that you foe get to know me. Uh, by the end of this podcast, I hope you friend got to know me. Oh. We'll see how that goes. Um, what was your question? <laughs> I was real I focused on that turn of phrase. Go. You were like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> oh boy, I'm going to get it real good. <laughs> I do that so often where it's like something clear. Yes, like I know. I, I'm like, I got to remember that. And I'm having trouble keeping up with everything else right now because I need to find a place where this fits in. Here it is. <laughs> That's going to the backlog. Next two minutes of you talking is just for you. <laughs> Luckily, I'm really good at talking for me. That's uh, true. You kind of have to be by this point. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Do you ever, let me, I'm, I'm going to just tangent the shit out of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go for it. Do you, do you ever feel like a little a bit jealous bag? for like those, do you, you know, those, um, those guys who like preach about the dangers of like homosexuality on like the soapboxes, like the, the, the angry preacher dudes who like out on just, the street. Yeah, out yeah, on the street. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I Did didn't you know if you were talking a... about like a straight up like scared straight person, like at a no, lecture no, no. or something. Okay, yes. No, no, no. I mean angry. Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever feel a little bit jealous of their ability to just continually talk for five hours? No, because I can do that. <laughs> I guess, yeah, jealousy is not necessary for you. Uh, I'm jealous of it. Uh, I, I guess I'm also not jealous because it's not necessarily the most uh, coherent. Yeah, right. Oh, and yeah. And you are, of course. If, so. Wow. Well, uh, burn taken. Uh, <laughs> if, if they were a little bit more cohesive and talking about something I gave a shit about, maybe. Okay, okay. So when shots fired at Scooby-Doo, I can expect an opposing soapbox with you on it? I can definitely do it. <laughs> I'll just okay. be out in the streets of Philadelphia. And the dew set upon... T- <laughs> <laughs> this is the proper way to tie an ascot. Don't let him tell you otherwise. I've scooby done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scooby done with this shit. That's how it goes. <laughs> uh... But yeah, uh, I think that we tangented away from me introducing myself, potentially. We can introduce you, yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever introduced themselves. Why don't you introduce yourself to the people? This is the first Uh, time for everything. Yeah, this is not the first time for me, but uh, I might as well say who I am. Uh, I am Ben of the Carton Cast. Thank Mm. you for having me on again. And uh, every so often I like to come back on because I'm really into looking at cartoons. And I love how you specifically look at one so much. Mm. that it it puts my dissection to shame like i will never i will never be as incisive as you are because you have just fucking laser focused on one property that's true you could not have chosen a better property i might say well but the other thing is that uh this or bugs bunny really like those are the only those are the options yeah i guess for something that's gone on this long yeah there really is i mean I guess, uh, well, we recently realized, I don't know, never mind. Yeah, I can't think of something that is as wide. I guess somehow Looney Tunes, there is probably enough out there. Yeah. And it's gone through so many iterations and years. Yeah, at at that point, it doesn't even look the same as it used to. Whereas Scooby-Doo is generally still looks the same. Like, it's still the same formula. Yeah, and basic format. Like, they're never... Outside of maybe 
Scooby and Shaggy get a clue, there's never been a like, hey, now it's a sitcom where they all live in the same apartment together, you know? Yeah, I guess not. You They've know, we, we just did, tunes. We, we just did uh, Cologne High today, which right. is a brilliant like it's a real fun uh, parody of like the teen drama formula with a real fun gimmick attached to it. Can you imagine Scooby and the gang being in, like in like a high school AU? <laughs> like just taking classes and stuff? I kind of can't. I it's not really until recently that they've actually like physically placed them in a high school. Like Ben like They've done that though? Well, they did it in Mystery Incorporated a little bit. Do they adhere to the typical uh High school archetypical roles? Mm, only, they, they do give a little bit of drama, just like the slightest bit where it's like uh, 90210 style, uh, you oh, know, yeah. Degrassi drama, but like it's still through the <laughs> lens of like, we need to solve mysteries. Sure. Right. Yeah, the, so, the core concept is the same. Yeah, right. And always will it, be. It just happens to give uh, Shaggy a wedgie every now and again, <laughs> but that doesn't change the, as far as I'm concerned, that doesn't change their relationship, you know. Right. significantly from how it already is i mean batman maybe could be the only other thing that's gone on oh so yeah long. i guess that yeah i, I mean like the, batman's even different than that because it's not primarily uh, a cartoon property right right yeah so yeah i, I guess it kind of is only scooby way to find the one <laughs> but i mean you say laser focus i mean the the of course thing is that i have no focus whatsoever <laughs> you're laser so focused one... in the way that a cat is laser focused <laughs> yeah right yeah focusing on a laser for about 10 seconds until a That's curtain right. moves and then i'm like what's up with that thing <laughs> <laughs> but going over that so many classic nick robes line what's up with that thing <laughs> <laughs> and now it's another episode of what's up with that thing <laughs> what uh, but like going through so many different cartoons like is there and the answer can be no i get it is there like one thing for because no. you guys have been doing it at least for oh, like five right. years now no, or something no. yeah yeah we've, we've done it for about five years about 36 years uh yep. and in the in the 430 uh, right over the 432 years, is there like a singularity that you've come to or that you see it going towards as far as like cartoons are concerned? Or are you like, ah, everything's crazy? So, yeah, uh, approximately 1800 B.C., uh, you know, we were playing in the, bull, the in the bulrushes on our way to the Coliseum and <laughs> and we came across these dinosaur tracks and they told us that we would be approaching a cartoon singularity in a couple million <laughs> Nick, what's going on, man? Wow, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's going on. I'm always crazy. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't. I can't speak to a cartoon singularity. I do feel like I can start. I'm starting to see the sort of patterns that the cartoon industry uh, takes mm. as as it's progressed throughout the decades. And and you know, it's a real tumultuous affair ever since like you know early ages of uh, of you know Mickey and the gang and that leading into the. Uh, the the 80s of like cartoon um, as like a marketing ploy and then coming to the era of cartoon syndication with like DuckTales and now it feels very volatile it it feels very volatile now you know like I kind of don't in in much the same way as every piece of media technology has caused it to become more like to accelerate in many ways Mm -hmm. and so so we're kind of in uh, a new frontier, and I think I, I think I need to see how it settles before I kind of can tell where where the medium's going to end up. 
I don't know if it ever can, though, right? Because technically now, because of the internet and anybody can make a cartoon, there's going to be... Will there ever be a mainstream cartoon again? It's difficult to say, you know. Mm. Um, it, you know, uh, the, the, the music industry changed so much through the advent of being able to get all your music online and, you know, the way it kind of evaporated off of actual radio stations and went on to stuff like Spotify. Mm. Um, so, so, I mean, like any industry that holds in that that kind of rests in the corner of the internet like it, that rests in the internet is just we don't know how it's going to end up because we don't know how the internet's going to come up uh how the internet's going to end up <laughs> the end of the internet 2037 it's either the like as you said the robot uh singularity <laughs> it's going to be either skynet or like irobot where like all of our robots are just misunderstood pals. Mm. I didn't really watch that movie very carefully. I assume no, that's I think what you happens. got it. I think I got it. Yeah, exactly. Will uh, Smith comes to understand robots as his misunderstood pals. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we were the robots the whole time. <laughs> he loves his dog, right? Don't mess with his dog. I don't know. No, that's Le- John I am Wick. legend. Yeah. Oh, it's also I am legend. <laughs> I thought you were Ben. <laughs> it isn't it funny how like in so many movies the way we like learn to love a stoic badass protagonist is to show that he is like to show him tethered to something emotionally and then at the beginning of the movie fucking take it away (laughs) (laughs) so we know he was human once right and that's all we need to know and now it's time for him to fight forever well that's the hero's journey right he has to descend (laughs) into a a world of unknown and then come out having changed yeah but preferably with a star with cartoons like I mean, the, the classic example is that, what's the number? Something like 2.5, no. Children. 72, right? 72 million people watched the finale, the series finale of MASH. And it's the highest watched program in the history of television. Is that true? Yeah, I, the number might not be right, but the actual thing, the actual uh, point that it was the highest watched television event ever is mm. true. But that can never happen again because there's so many options out there to watch. Part of the reason that there is no television really. Right. I mean, part of the reason it was the highest watch thing ever was because that's what you were going to watch. What else are you going to do? That was the end of the need to watch TV era. Well, right. And it's either you turn on the TV and watch that or go read a book. (laughs) Yeah. And you can't read a book. Too many words. Yeah. Books have been dead for years by that point. Yeah. Literally dead pieces of uh, trees or something, as I understand the printing process. That's deep. That's deep. Oh, it's too deep. Let's get out of there. <laughs> get out of there, gang. <laughs> Let's split up. Let's uh, split up, gang. So today, oh, there was a gag about that in this episode. So today we're going to be talking there about was. Uh, what's new Scooby-Doo, season one, episode two, <laughs> three destruction or 3D Destruction. How are oh, you pronouncing it? You're confusing me. Is it 3D destruction or 3 destruction? Is is it? Oh, destruction. Right. And then also 3D. The three Ds obstruction. I wonder what flavor the villain and or monster will take, given the title is 3D centric. Do you think that might have anything to do with it? You know what? No. <laughs> <laughs> bold statement i think that the three d's of three destruction are mm-hmm. 
dinosaur. Yep. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. (laughs) He does he does make his own windows. Makes his own defenestration. (laughs) Uh so 3D destruction. What's new? Yeah, this is so what's new with Scooby-Doo, uh, just to kind of reference other appearances that I've had on the show, I have exclusively talked to you about, on your show, about, um, like, original Scooby-Doo episodes. Right. Were you... So I've, I've never encountered this franchise, really. So you've never... Well, like, how... I mean, aside from 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, OG Scooby-Doo, what else have you run across in your experience? I've, I've, I've been present uh, if not entirely willing for a couple of the TV movies like uh, Reluctant Werewolf and Zombie Island. Love them. Um, I, I must, you know, I must have been around when this was on the air because the theme song was familiar to me. Or did you just listen to a lot of Simple Plan? I can, I can promise you that I didn't. <laughs> that was, that was not where not a I am. Pop punk fan. <laughs> that's, that's not why where I or any thinking person has ever been. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but I must have watched some of this as a, as a kid. It just didn't stick with me the way the original stuff did. So yeah. uh, I'm in uncharted waters here, or if they have been charted, they were charted very long ago and I've lost the map. Good metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Okay. Also just really quickly while I'm thinking about it, uh, because simple plan has taken a beating on this podcast in the past. Oh no. <laughs> I would like to say really just interject really quickly and say that I have heard recently from multiple sources that the dudes from simple plan are really nice guys i believe it so i just want that to be out there in the universe that like even though like you might not like their music apparently they're all sweethearts i'm not a music enthusiast by any stretch but i have to say i do like the theme song for this one (laughs) i don't know why i do like i'm not really into the music style or genre of music and The theme song on its own doesn't do much for me lyrically. Mm. I kind of like it, though. I don't know what it is. What's this Scooby-Doo? They're coming after you. Oh, it's great. <laughs> there was, mm. like, specifically a Canadian sound, too. There was. There was. A little manic Canadian. Yeah, because I feel like uh, every van's war. That was my tour. favorite newspaper comic strip. Manic Canadian? Manic Canadian. That was a good one. Uh... Nope, I'm not going to go down no, the no, like, uh, that's a, I, Why did I do that? I just, <laughs> I put a ball on the tee and there's nowhere for us to go. <laughs> and it's out. Um, but I, there was also like this era, I feel like there were so many pop punk theme songs because there was like a weird, let's get the kids in here. What are the kids yeah. listening to? But is there anything better than Disney afternoon theme songs? They just had a sound unto themselves. I think that they cared a little bit more back in those days. Mm, I, I don't get the, maybe. I don't feel the same level of care in this theme song. Even though I do like it, it does feel a little bit slapdash. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like, hey, can you write a song? Yep, here's a song. Cool. All right, bye. You mm-hmm. know? It, it, it felt like they were writing, I don't know. It, I get the feeling for old theme songs that they were, that they like all met and kind of kind of wrote it with the actual program in mind whereas i don't i don't get that feeling with this one i can't mm. tell you why that is the feeling for me but that is the feeling that i get it, it feels like this was for a paycheck it feels like other theme songs were not or just like 
hey, we want you to write this song. Oh, that's so cool. Here's the song. And then it didn't go beyond that. You know, like, I mean, they put some effort mm. into it for sure. It wasn't phoned in necessarily, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't like, hey, let's have a production meeting and go over it. why this new scoop, yeah. you know, whatever. It felt. It feels like it was handed off. Yeah. Like, you make the song, okay, here's the song. Not like, you make the song, here's what we kind of want out of it, this is the message, this is the kind of feeling we want to convey, and, like, everyone sort of sort of worked on it together. Yeah. This feels like handed off and then given back. Although, genuinely, on the other side of things, I absolutely am obsessed with the Pete and Pete soundtrack, Adventures of, comma, uh, and... <laughs> Every single one of those songs has nothing to do with the show whatsoever. But that's kind of, it has its own language. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. It, it's a little difficult to tread those waters now because I know that so much of it just has that uh, that nostalgia sheen over it that I, I'm not going to be able to penetrate, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Because you like didn't grow I, up with it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Petunia, or, the or, tattoo and such. Or if I did, like, or if I did grow up with it, then I can't kind of unbias myself to be critical yeah yeah and i think that's kind of the waters we're heading into here sure all right well then let's uh steer clear and uh head up onto the beach uh, <laughs> so is just, that a steamboat is that a, that's just a train isn't it i just did a train noise on the water or but like a train coming out of an underwater tunnel is what i heard that is an excellent idea for when you turn into a supervillain. you're a train underwater no, no, that's how you get out of your secret lair. Oh. It's a, it's a water train, underwater train. Ah, that's kind of fun. I think so. It's personalized. Black Manta. Right? He's a bad guy in water. Uh, what are some other water-themed bad guys? There's water-themed that, bad guys. There's the dude in uh, Darkwing Duck who was there's made of water. the dude from Big Lebowski who is famously amphibian. It didn't come up much in the movie. He peed on the rug, so that's a water-themed bad guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> correct <laughs> uh just uh some fun background uh in my notes here looking at who wrote this because i was like yeah. oh you know like there like sometimes there's some fun cartoon backstories uh the writer of this is i have no Stephen idea Moffat. i have no idea how to pronounce it but yeah oh. is it is it Moffat? I, I don't know. I just named a writer of Doctor Who. Mo Fat, Mo Problems? <laughs> Mo Fat, no, yeah. Mo Money, Mo, uh, Mo Willem, no, no Problems. Mo, no Willem, no Defoe. Uh, Ed Scharlach? Scherlach. S- I don't know this one. S-C-H-A-R-L-A-C-H. I don't know. Yeah, uh, sounds good. Well, so not only was he a writer who produced... Uh, you might know of a program called Happy Days. It sounds familiar. Wasn't that where there was a Fonzarelli? Oh, yeah. And he okay. uh, indeed went on to do the spinoff Mork and Mindy. Yep. Uh, he also did... <laughs> Thanks, Gary Marshall. Weirdly enough, Falling what out. I take as my Superman, which is Lewis and Clark. Well, here I am, doing everything I can. <laughs> I don't know what I am. Because I'm a Superman. Yeah, yeah. I've been listening to a lot of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 soundtrack recently. Uh, second time that that's come up on this podcast. Really? In two podcasts. That's great. <laughs> uh, he also produced the Wild Thornberries, and he wrote for maybe what is one of he my... He did, didn't he? Oh, yeah. And did one of my favorite shows of all time, With a Bullet, Quantum Leap. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> uh, Donald P. Belisario. 
uh, the man, the myth, the legend. I don't have as much of a quantum leap catalog as uh, as you do. You got to get on it, man. It's good. I do. Is it overall worth my time? I think that it is beyond worth your time. It is the most ridiculous show ever created. How do you feel about uh, Quantum Leap versus Sliders? Okay, so, but Sliders gets too messy, whereas Quantum Leap's mess... It's nice and streamlined. Well, when it jumps the shark, it really just kind of has one shark to jump, whereas I feel like Sliders just jumps too many sharks. By only having, like, the one character that's continuous, you don't have those messy relationships that evolve through time. Yeah, and, like, Cro-Magnon this and Oop that and whatever. <laughs> I feel like you've got a list in front of you. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> so this episode o- opens up with uh, a great trope in any kind of opening. I would say that this trope is second only to an alarm clock going off. Are we talking about Latin American stereotypes or what? Yeah, well, just like the macheteing through the jungle. As oh like, yeah, like palm frond machete. Like that's like and we get like Australian action hero cutting through the jungle, no less. Also, like ambiguous anti-hero Australian who's like taking artifacts. Like I love yep. that guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and the second he opens his mouth and it's an Australian accent, I was like, all right, well. It- I know what this guess, is. Guess, guess this is what we're doing here. I, I have a sneaking suspicion. He's not supposed to take these things out of here. Don't take El because... Rosso from the temple. Ha, Dios mio. It. Yeah. It... Dios mio. Hi, <laughs> Chihuahua. It, like, it's, pretty, it's not quite that bad, but it's close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's like, it's, I don't know. Something about that is almost like comfort food for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the one, like the, just like the, the little minor I don't know. Not quite dog whistling, but just like, like just the fringes of trying too hard to do an accent. Well, it's also like, I don't know. It's like how the movie, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Phantom with Billy Zane. It's kind of how like that movie opens, like Indiana Jones. It's like that kind of opening to me is just like such a thing where I, where they, I, I like see that Jeep and I'm like, oh, I know where we are. <laughs> yeah, this is very familiar territory. <laughs> I've seen Jurassic Park. Yeah. I know what happens. Have you seen Jurassic Park recently? Uh, which one? The first one. The first one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Rewatch the cold open of that movie and go back and be like, what the fuck were we thinking in 1995? What, what's the cold open? I don't remember. So the cold open of Jurassic Park, uh, spoiler alert for anybody. So they're loading up this a futuristic stone unit to like a stone doorway that looks like it was designed by Tim Burton. It looks like it was on the cutting room floor of uh, Beetlejuice. And there's a lot of references. Thank you. There's a bunch of insane like locking mechanisms and people with guns that were from the cutting room floor of uh, simultaneously Babylon 5 and Stargate SG-1. Okay. <laughs> then you hear what sounds like metal being dragged across other metal come through it. And all of a sudden it lurches and a dude is getting like sucked into this like stone cage. 
Oh, man. Old movies where dudes get sucked into things. We get a close-up of a guy's mouth harshly lit. The lighting in the whole thing is weird. And then we just get a close-up of a dude's mouth going, Shoot her! Shoot her! <laughs> it's the same guy. It's the Australian explorer again. Credits. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's the opening of that movie. And everybody saw that and was like, genius. Holy shit. I've never seen anything like this before. I do love the shorthand of, you know, some somebody is like getting sucked into a container or like, mm. I don't know, anything that like is removing you physically from the scene. And you always get those like, you see only their lower body and you just see like the legs kicking horizontally. Oh, yeah. This is the reverse where you get the top half of the body and they're just holding on and like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's way scarier, though, because you can see the face, the the legs kicking, just the legs kicking feels so comical to me. Mm -hmm. It's it's, uh, akin to uh, it's weirdly the same instinct as when you see Chucky run, you know? Uh, No, I don't legs. Oh, because I kind of laugh at that, but it's also creepy. Yeah, I guess I can see that Mm. putting both two halves, both halves of those together. Mm two halves I, uh, make a hole uh sure and what was i saying uh we were talking <laughs> about uh the oh the opening to jurassic park yeah. i'll be honest i always forget that because the very next scene is uh dr grunt uh threatening right. to tear open like rip open some kids uh, uh intestines yeah yeah for some reason that's the scene that stayed with me so hard and explaining to paleontologists uh, how dinosaurs are related to birds. <laughs> <laughs> explaining to paleontologists paleontology. <laughs> the best. I love I love all the weird experts in that movie. Like the way they treat experts like hackers. Yeah. It's just so funny. You're the, it's so funny in hindsight. They were they were too busy wondering if they could that they they uh, they didn't ask whether they should. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jurassic Park, uh, great movie. Um, maybe ridiculous, more ridiculous uh, once you actually revisit it. <laughs> Come to think of it, they did kind of, the premise of that was kind of like, you, you know how in The Martian, the idea is that you have a bunch of experts uh, handling this mission because they have like overlapping uh, but you yet unique um, specialties mm, and yeah. that like enables them to be able to contribute in whatever way. They kind of did with, with Jurassic Park. They had one person on botany. They had a mathematician. They had someone who knew computers. Yeah, right. That's, that's They even had that Australian fucker for all the action scenes. I'm 90% sure that that was like the setup when they're all like getting into the helicopter and it's like, you, the paleontologist, you, yes. the, the mathematician. That's a good way to do sci-fi, though, because you get a lot of sci in there. But that's the uh, that's like the G.I. Joe intros, right? Like, my name is my name is Jar because I carry things, you know, like everybody's got like their specialty. Is that a G.I. Joe character? No, I'm not good at G.I. Joe's. Senior Jar. Senior Jar. <laughs> Senior Zapata. El Rosso. Oh, I liked that. Which one? El Rosso. That was the name of the dinosaur. Oh, was it? I mm. actually didn't take note of it. I just was like, oh, they're robbing a temple of gigantic bones. That's rad. This is a good opening. <laughs> my uh, my note for that is the perennial don't give a shit Australian will ignite the locals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of, I feel like that, that that's how they're portrayed a lot. Yeah. They're just like, I don't care about your customs because I have ethnocentric problems. <laughs> I, I literally put oh. him down as Australian dickbag in the notes until we figured out that he had a name. <laughs> Which, let's just skip ahead and let's get to that name. Yeah, absolutely. 
Would you care to say it? Melbourne. <laughs> Hi, I'm it's the token American. My name is New York Texas. Chase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a military campaign. They're all named after the cities they came from. <laughs> Hello, this my is name is Sydney, Melbourne, and Canberra. <laughs> my name is Berlin McNamara. <laughs> <laughs> or like in or like in gargoyles, how all the gargoyles just take names of stuff. <laughs> Well, what's that thing called? Does everything need a name? What's that river? Oh, that river does have a name. It's called the Hudson. Great. Call me the Hudson, too. <laughs> or a uh, Ford Prefect in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ford Prefect? Mm. Who is that? Uh, so Ford Prefect is the uh, alien uh, uh, sidekick oh, almost to Arthur Dent. Oh, he is? I thought he was like the, the, the token bureaucrat. No. So Ford Prefect took his, t- gets the name Ford Prefect because he thinks that cars are the dominant life form on Earth when he shows up. Mm. Even though by all accounts, they look exactly, people look it, exactly like him. That's the plot from Transformers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> Just years ahead of time. Speaking of Transformers. Yeah, speaking of Transformers, uh, uh, the team is flying to Costa Rica in a private jet. Hooked up by Daphne's uncle. Uh, yeah, also. they've tried so hard to make Daphne any amount of important in this. <laughs> oh, she's the contact. Oh, she's the person who talks to people. Oh, she identifies bat guano because it was on in cosmetic products. Yeah, every just, just little Just give thing. up, team. Just give up, team. <laughs> We know why she's there. I like the effort put in. (laughs) I don't know, man. I think it was extraneous. (laughs) Too ham-fisted? A little bit. (laughs) I mean, you have a real problem with women in Star Wars, too, right? It's true. (laughs) Yep. Why can't Uh, we just have more Luke? I I did love how it opens up with an airline food joke. What the fuck is that? (laughs) Nothing beats airline food. What's the deal with airline food? It's not. It's the opposite of an airline food joke because yeah. they're like saying it, like fully. Like they're they're playing it totally straight. Scooby Doo had to respond to Seinfeld. What's the deal with airline food? It's delicious. That's what's up, Jerry. <laughs> Call him out. He deserves it. <laughs> These days, absolutely. Uh, so we see the team, and this is my first like real. Uh, this is my free, first real look at more modern incarnation of Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Fred is missing his ascot. Yeah, zero out of ten would not res- visit restroom again. <laughs> I mean, I cannot. I cannot condone that. Are you a Yelp top one hundred reviewer? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> oh, man, I got really. I I thought the, I was going to get a real Yelp bump to my podcasting numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wish. <laughs> The only thumbs up I can give is right up your ass. <laughs> Catchphrase. It's pretty good tagline for something or other. Uh, Maybe like a sex toy like uh, manufacturer uh, website. Yeah, sure. Something okay. like that. Great, great. Yeah. Uh, the double dig. Uh, I give it two thumbs straight up your ass. <laughs> That's what they called it? Yeah. They called it uh, giving him a uh, Siskel and Ebert in uh, in my uh, in my high school. Uh, ski I just Eberted that fellow. One. I I just Eberted that fellow. I uh, you know my left arm was tired. <laughs> Two thumbs straight up. Uh, <laughs> I did like I like the sweater though. Fred's sweater. It's fine. Yeah, it's I mean, fine. It's, it's no ascot. I agree. I agree. But at least they're fun. keeping the color scheme consistent. 
It's better than in the uh, direct-to-video movies. He gets like a vest. He gets like a utility vest for a little for a few of them. What? Yeah, he's got like a vest with way too many pockets. That's amazing. It's almost like he did that after this one, where he's like, "Oh, I should be an action hero." <laughs> Because he is in love, he is full on in love with Melbourne the second he lays eyes on him. Oh yeah, keeps keeps giving him. Uh, what was the thing at the end? Just significant glances. I don't know. He's. I mean, he says a lot. I wrote some of it down. We'll get to it. Oh my god, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> we of course. Uh, so we're heading to Costa Rica. We are to visit a museum. They do a they do a samba rendition of the Scooby Dee theme of, of the intro theme, which I actually like a lot. Overall, I think the music in this is cheesy as shit, and I love every second of it. I I honestly miss the original like five tracks that they recycled for the. You know, I, I appreciate that they are doing something different with this hmm. incarnation. I really miss the original like you know uh, like small like, jazz band. Yeah, mm. do 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 you know I there's just a few tracks that I was really missing because I associate those strongly with watching Scooby-Doo Yeah, because they would use them over and over again. It's now Pavlovian. The weird chicken dance one. I don't miss that much. I like the weird violin in the middle of Scooby trying to eat a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great one. I I really like that one. Mm, Walking music. Uh, (laughs) Uh, so they're walking Riding on the bus. <laughs> Hope that doesn't pee. Uh, <laughs> I all right. As much as I like dislike the turn that family ha- guy has gone, I really appreciated those early episodes. <laughs> that chicken boy. Those fights mm-hmm. went on forever. Fuck that chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Sincerely, fuck that chicken. I oh hate my that joke. God, I thought you said cluck that chicken. Oh yeah, cluck him too. <laughs> Whatever he's into. So long. I do get his consent and then fuck that chicken. There is one reference in that chicken fight that I'm 99% sure that I'm the only person who gets. And they yeah. literally take fight choreography out of uh, the Timothy Dalton, James Bond, The Living Daylights, when the bad guy Necros fights with a no named agent for seemingly five minutes of this movie is just setting up this poor guy who will never see again to die and they fight in a kitchen and it's referenced in that one of those chicken fights and i was like what necros yeah necros he's uh was this was this like a ralph bakshi science fiction (laughs) movie necros no jeez just his name Okay. Uh, he wears okay. a lot of Speedos in the movie, and he listens to one song. At on, once? On his like all at the same time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How Tell much me. coverage do we get? Oh, the full Rush Delta. I don't know what that means. You will. But you I'm excited will. to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he also only listens to one song on his Walkman uh, that he then uses to strangle people with his earbuds. It's great. It's great. What, uh, what, what, what song is that? The Living Day... Oh, it's a... Uh, uh, when everybody dies. Well, it's a little too on the nose, Necros. It's great. It's great. Living Daylights. Okay. Timothy Dalton. Check it out. Uh, uh, Reece, I love knowing John ahead Reece of time what's going to be the intro to, the, the, to this episode. That's a good point. You know, you, you, giving, you giving facts about things. Yeah. Now I have one to look forward to. <laughs> Uh, now, since we're in reference corner, yeah. keep fucking that chicken. Who is that? Keep 
Fucking that chicken. Wasn't that a Bill O'Reilly like weird oh, like ducks. fuck it we're doing it live thing? No, it's something. Keep fucking that chicken. Hang on, I'm looking this up. Okay, well. I need to know this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, vamp. Uh, it is Ernie Anastos for okay. Fox Five New York local news. Great, love it. You can you can clip that explanation from mine out. Put it at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> anyway, great. great. Yep. Yep. Uh, great. So they're walking around this museum, and several of these yep. dinosaurs do not have skulls. They just have oh, a yep. bone for a head. Just one singular that. bone. <laughs> there's no jaw. There's no top of the skull. It's just one bone. Makes makes sense in retrospect now that we know the truth about those those exhibits. Yeah, yeah, they were planted by the Jews. <laughs> well, okay. The world uh, is only six thousand years old. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about the timing on that particular joke, Nick. <laughs> uh, I will say we get one of my favorite Freddy Crow quotes here. Let's keep running tally. Number right, one. Great. Surround sound speakers. They make the band sound like they're right in the room. <laughs> I honestly thought they were going to cut to the band being next to him. You've seen too much, Nick. No. You expect too much. I really did. That was like I, a few. I'm glad the, they didn't. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't, though, because it like he's just like doing a little like jivey little uh, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, <laughs> it's not unusual kind of jazz dance. He's just kind of jamming out to band. Yeah. Do you know that Elvira supposedly lost her virginity to Tom Jones? No, but I'm proud. Right? I yeah. feel like that's like, oh, interesting. I don't know. She also won't let anyone tell Elvis you that Presley. that's not unusual. It's not unusual. It's not unusual to uh, have sex. <laughs> I've recently been cracking myself up by uh so the song by boys to men i'll make love to you if you want me mm. to i don't know why but it makes me laugh so hard instead of saying i'll make love to you i just keep singing i'll have sex with you <laughs> if you want me to that's a i mean that's a, approximately correct it's just so funny to hear it so on the nose yeah i mean i wonder it feels like there's like a there's a parodist who could definitely change a bunch of songs like a bunch of romantic like Marvin Gaye whatever uh, yeah. Barry White kind of songs to just just tweak the words from make love to filthier variants of that and try to pass it off as just as sensual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a good bit. It's a good bit. I mean, like, yeah, I guess that's what Tenacious D did with uh, "Fuck Her Gently." Yeah, although that's just a brilliant song. It is a brilliant song. I feel like it gets overplayed. Uh, humble brag. I was recently in um, Disney, and there is a Zanzibar Tenacious D exhibit. Yeah, the Tenacious That's, D exhibit yeah, at Disney. Weird choice. <laughs> Weirdly off brand. I appreciate it. The intersectionality. Why was it in Epcot? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you learn a lot from those guys. But, uh, we were walking through Adventureland uh, towards the Jungle Cruise, and next to Aladdin's magic carpets, there is a uh, store called Zanzibar. And I'm walking Yo. by, and all I I just said out loud, "I'm not gonna cook it, but I'll it's order it from Zanzibar." <laughs> <laughs> Made me so happy. That's real good. Mm. Uh, in general, there were a lot of weird. I feel like there were 
There was a third rewrite to this script that happened in the edit. <laughs> okay. Cite your sources. Well, the well, first yeah. one is the surround sound speaker thing. So good. <laughs> the second that like really hit me where I was just like, wait, what, what just happened was th- they go through. <laughs> there's a giant dinosaur hole uh-huh. in the wall. And yes. you may have heard about the spirit of the dinosaur we have here. Well, he's comfortable making his own doors. My uncle said that this ma- this museum is built on an old mine shaft. What? It <laughs> <laughs> was the segue. How did that happen? How did we it get does, here? It does feel like they got like somebody who watched a bunch of Scooby Doo to punch it up. What? They're like, what if we just shove more Scooby Doo plot lines in and never resolve any? But there's a giant hole in the wall. How are we moving so quickly from this? <laughs> it does feel like this. One is paced very quickly. Mm. Mm. I, I don't know if that's a facet of what uh, what's new Scooby Doo, but I feel like we it's punchy at it certain moving. points. I would like to remind yeah. you that there was a solid five minutes of them just walking around with flashlights. I love how I there's two different sequences where they are required to wear hard hats, and <laughs> I don't know they look darling with <laughs> with these different accoutrements with the built like, on miners lights. Absolutely. And they have to wear them again later. I'm like, oh, they're back. It's like <laughs> alternative action figures. I want all my little Freddies in their different fucking costumes and different uh, different utilities lined up on my desk. Yeah. Like a line. The setup to the setup before they actually get chased by the dinosaur, though, is honestly, it starts with uh, Scooby accidentally reenacting a Chiquita banana. What is that? Yeah, like... It, I, I he like Carmen Miranda's himself by like running into a tree, and right. there's no no reason for it. Nope, just happens it's really like quick. The clearest we're in, filler. We're out, and then they walk around with flashlights. That's all that happens. Nobody says anything. There's no gags. There's nothing. They just walk around as a group with flashlights for two minutes, being like, "Well, there's a mine shaft. Well, there's another mine shaft. Oh, look it over do. here." They do walk around a lot in the beginning. I almost feel like it was trying to do some of that edutainment, look at how cool museums are kind of shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then finally after that, they, they, they visit like a moon up. exhibit. Oh, yeah. They go to a moon exhibit and <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby try to eat rocks because they should not be alive anymore. And there's just a straight up fucking dino bot in the museum. I know what <laughs> there's like a Gundam hanging out on set for no fucking reason. And then it's awesome. The, like hard. It's like a hard cut to like a Dinobot. like Grimlock is there and she just goes, unlike some museums, we have real moon rocks. The, <laughs> yeah. What? It, it's I mean, the conservation of detail is so fucking obvious. <laughs> Let's cut to a scene where we see a giant mech, which is conveniently the same size and shape of a dinosaur. Yeah, I saw that one coming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty egregious. Yeah, but it's uh, it's refreshing. You know what? uh, You know what else is refreshing is that uh, they introduce multiple different possible whodunit characters, (laughs) which is unlike original Scooby Doo, where they just had the one dude and then he turned out to be the bad guy at the end. Mm. And how do we know that they're all suspect? Well, let's have Velma run through all their faces on a computer screen and recap (laughs) their names. The 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 reasons that they give for not trusting them feel so bad. <laughs> like what? She's that, dressed a little too nicely to be an unpaid I know, intern. Like, what is this? 
I, I think that we're projecting some insecurities that we have about Daphne here, Velma. <laughs> just uh, spend a couple minutes with Foundation. That's all I ask. I'm not asking for the moon here. There was just also so much about that whole scene where it was like, I'm going to use the museum's face recognition <laughs> software. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then Daphne suspects uh, Senor Cepeda. Cepeda. Senor Cepeda. And I don't see a reason that she's doing it other than that he's ethnic. Because <laughs> her only her only reasoning is, I've got a funny feeling about that guy. <laughs> but her funny feeling is spot on. Yeah, of course. That's the unfortunate part. Why? Why wouldn't a, a you know a rich girl living in the in the uh, in the in the in the Gold Coast be worried about the the caravan? I don't see a reason. Makes uh, sense. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the phrase uh, "wombat pucky" is used at one point. Oh my God! From uh, from Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. Melbourne yeah. says that. Also, another line that I absolutely adore: when they're about to split up, he says, "Everybody go with Fred. I'm going on my own." Scooby and Shaggy, you make a vigorous, vigorous team. team. I wrote the same thing down. <laughs> Why? I love how every Why? when they when they split up, everyone just. It basically is announcing their intent to make out with this guy. They're just like all like cozy up to him. It's like, can we go with you, bud? But that was also like a placeholder line that never got fixed, right? Like, <laughs> the and then part- he says something, just write something. Okay. Uh, vigorous team. Okay. We'll fix it later. <laughs> My word a day calendar had vigorous on it and I wanted to include it somewhere. <laughs> What kind of team do you think they are? Well, let's run through some words. <laughs> we already used Wombat Pucky. And fuck it. <laughs> Good enough. Oh, my gosh. My uncle said that there's built off in an old mine shaft. There's a giant hole in the wall. I, uh, you know, at the beginning of this, when they announced the, like, the 3D thing was mm. going to... I, they kind of lampshade it because we see the dinosaur in the opening thing, in the opening theatric before we meet up with the gang. And right. we're like, OK, 3D is obviously a projection. And then we see the broken wall. And I feel like that's really good, like subverting our expectations. Like, oh, wait, no, it's not just 3D. There's something else going on here. It's 4D. I, <laughs> I just I, th- I thought that was like good misdirection on the part of the title. OK. Uh, the only part that actually goes through the title is the fact that H.G. Hakimoto is there with his new 3D dinosaur film series. Yeah, let, let's 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 bring to mind all the characters that okay. we've introduced here. I would also like to point got, out that H.G. Hakimoto is a recurring character in the What's New Duniverse. I don't hate that they brought skinny. Uh, what what's what's his face made Star Wars? Help me out. It's George Lucas. Yeah, they brought like in like a skinny George Lucas. It, it, that's how he reminded me. I don't know. Maybe it was just the facial hair. He only talks in uh, movie trailer quotes, though. Oh, is that his thing? Yeah, because well, I was wondering this what one, his disorder I was. I don't think it says it. I don't think it happens the next time he shows up. But in this, he's like, "This time it's personal," and like, yeah, he, keeps saying he does do a lot like of that. that. Does do a lot of that shit. So we we have director. Mm-hmm. whom only speaks in trailers mm-hmm. in action movie trailers we have suspiciously handsome curator museum curator yeah like a real antonio banderas motherfucker it, oh he's got the fucking like Tiny you know dos guy mustache it's yeah. great 
Most and, interesting uh, man in the world. And then we got uh, the, the, the grad student who is, for some reason, there. Heather. Suspiciously <laughs> well-dressed grad student. Is it because she has a scarf? Is that why it, it's suspiciously well-dressed? It's suspicious because Velma is the one having the suspicion. <laughs> Obviously. She's not wearing a turtleneck. This is suspicious. <laughs> there is Australian action hero Melbourne. Melbourne O'Reilly. Mel yep. <laughs> Melbourne O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and his brother, Sidney O'Reilly. Their cousin, Perth. That's right. Uh, and what what is this last guy? Uh, the latin american stereotype what exactly is his job function he's like a spokesperson for the town for the village yeah i speak for the central valley as whom yeah. are you the mayor are, are you were you elected were you yeah. self-appointed is he I don't the only know. dude who speaks english maybe that's kind of a teaser for like we shouldn't trust this guy we don't know what his credentials are why is he speaking for a whole village yeah i mean it takes a village is what i know did you ever hear the, the the second half of that quote? Huh? I'm sorry, what? What? Second half? Huh? Huh? What? Huh? It takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a village. <laughs> Who watches The Watchmen? <laughs> <laughs> Empowered reference that never made it onto Empowered. Don't worry about it, everyone. We'll make a ton of those. You just gotta, you know, suffer through. Oh, still one of my favorite moments of all time. Which one? Uh, for the listener, uh, Ben and I, of course, participate. Ben somewhat runs the Empowered Podcast, which is a great podcast. Check it out. They're fi- they're five to unless I'm recording them twenty and five minutes long. <laughs> I would say that Zane generally runs them, but I am on there a good amount. Uh, and it's the premise basically is that it's a dissection of weird superpowers off of a superhero wiki. Page. it's not really a dissection so much as riffing yeah but but yes and so one moment that never made it onto a podcast because of corruption and i'm still bummed is that our our dear friend andrew spawn friend of the show at one point seemingly with no context in the middle <laughs> of a conversation just goes yeah you know like who watches the watchman <laughs> He's he's my favorite. Like I <laughs> single-handedly one of my favorite moments of all time. Go check out his podcast, Amusement Sparks. Maybe it's one on of the Fancy Bad Network. Genius, joyous undertakings. He's he's just such a delight to just to talk to. Mm-hmm. Like Agreed. he's always on your side and willing to go down whatever road you happen to pave a path down. It's great. Positivity embodied in a single fascinating human being. He is a true gentleman. Uh, all right. So enough of talking about our friend who you don't know. Um, yep. Enough of us lusting over one of our friends. We have to get back to the team and Freddie's lust over this uh, this Australian action hero. Oh, when, oh, oh, O'Reilly. Oh, oh, O'Reilly. Auto parts. Uh, when they... <laughs> When they're about to split up, yeah. uh, or no, no, when before they're about to split up, when they're like about to enter the cave to like investigate. Post Chiquita um, Banana, pre-vigorous. That's correct. Pre-vigorous, pre-vig. <laughs> uh, Fred gives us another one of his, uh, gives us another uh, line, which I want to oh, say. Okay. Uh, which is, uh, it, Melbourne says he's got a plan. And Fred sa- Freddie says, a plan? 
Melbourne, you are the man. <laughs> like completely like thumbs up. <laughs> he doesn't know what this plan entails. He just knows that a plan exists. Mm, he's got a plan. He's the man with the plan. <laughs> I think that's what he was trying to do is get the rhyme in there somewhere, but he couldn't figure out the syntax. He's just he's just too gushy over Melbourne O'Reilly. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Uh, he's, he so very clearly is insecure about his place as the leader through, through this whole episode and just wants to model himself after this guy. Yeah, just loses himself in uh, just a, an Australian accent. Absolutely. It gets lost in Melbourne's considerable charm. Mm. Mm. And how could he not? Of Australians, if Uh-oh. they had cast a real Australian, who Crikey. would you want to be cast? Let's see. Question number one, do I know any Australians? Question yeah. number two, do I try to make one up when I realize that I don't? Of course you know some Australians. Do I? Yeah. I mean, famous Australians. Nicole Kidman. Hugh Grant. My mm. choice, Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> Baz Luhrmann. I don't, I'm not familiar with this, with, this per, with this person. Baz Luhrmann? Oh, you don't know the director of the movie Australia? <laughs> oh. Starring Hugh okay. Grant and Nicole Kidman? I, I, suppose, I suppose not. I suppose that's what we were going for. Though. I'm like, Hugh Grant? Okay, I guess he's just doing a thing here. Probably also famously, uh, he, was, um, he directed the 90s Leo DiCaprio uh, Romeo and Juliet. God, you know, it's so hard to show up on this podcast without Zane because when you've got all of the references, <laughs> and each Zane and I each have like a quarter of the references, <laughs> so it's not too obvious when you are pick- putting down something that we cannot pick up. But now that I'm alone and fending for myself, I just look like an uncultured ignoramus. Well, no, we could go into like anime or something, and then I would know nothing. No, we really can't. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Uh, uh, m- medical administration, right? You can hold your own in that, right? Like what admin we- work? I- I'm sure I can't do that. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know either. Uh, That's cool. <laughs> what is it you think I do? Uh-oh. He's rebooting. <laughs> He'll be fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that you run, um, you run, you're a uh, uh, assistant to the department head. Yeah, I'm, I'm an assistant to the department assistant yeah. for assistance at a. <laughs> oh Jesus! I, I don't even want to hear the rest of this. A <laughs> uh, 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 subsidiary <laughs> of medical Any supplies. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and synergy, synergy and synergistically. <laughs> Right, utilizing corporate stratagems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strategic. I, uh huh. I used to mine stratagems in my spare time. Oh, interesting. Mine. mine Speaking of mines, there's a gold mine in this. So there is. And <laughs> after they split up, yeah. uh, I love when we follow Scooby and Shaggy because it's like getting back to basics, you know? Right. Like we've had a lot of extras to play around with, and now we're talking Scooby and Shaggy, and they do not disappoint. First thing they see, minecart. The second I saw that minecart, I popped one. <laughs> You're like, get in it. Get in that minecart. <laughs> I popped a vigorous one. It's <laughs> like, I know they're going to end up in that minecart, and I know it's going to be part of the chase scene, and I'm super ready for it. What did you think of the, I'm assuming, written for this Spanish 
chase song or carmen miranda yeah <laughs> it was pretty great like i really appreciated them making it you know culturally appropriate it was fantastic I do miss just the like kind of monkeys, like Bee Gees kind of like yeah. talking about how love makes the world go round kind of music that doesn't fit with the chase scene. But well, while running from something that does. seemingly might kill you, la 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 la. Love yeah, I, the world. <laughs> I'll be honest. I regularly listen to that. My favorite is always the uh, happy is the secret word. And if you're happy, it can get you through. Uh, although uh, I guess the obvious answer would be, I'm in love with an ostrich. I don't remember that one. It's a great one. Uh, the, I do like this one, though. The, mm. uh, the samba that they do for this. Mm. And the cheese feels a little bit short, but it's still fine. It almost, I mean, that dinosaur almost straight up eats Velma. Yeah, this is like this is a physical object that is, you know, a terraforming machine at this point. We the the, the fear is on. This mm. thing can kill them. Can kill them. Now, That's the whole thing we get with Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo doesn't traffic in things that can kill them. It traffics in ghosts that spook them. Yeah, I I mean that's always the thing of like what would happen if it caught them like instead of just chasing like actually like, you know, grabs them and then it's like Ha! <laughs> <laughs> boogity boogity. Like, that's the same thing I feel like for like uh, Power Rangers. Whenever the putties get around them, it's just like kind of blue man group jab walkies around the Power Rangers, but never actually touch them. It's very funny. Did you just use the phrase blooming jabber walkies? <laughs> I went with blue man group and then I, then I kind of diverted to a much more cogent reference. Blooming Jabberwockies. <laughs> Not Jabberwockies, Jabberwockies. Oh my gosh, that's going on a t-shirt somewhere. Are you familiar with Jabberwockies? I know the Jabberwocky. Uh, no, no, no. Oh. Jabberwockies. Okay. The group that made it into one of America's oh, next... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, absolutely. Yeah. With the weird masks. The masks and, and do a bunch of... Do a bunch of the putty shit. I'm, like in, I'm convinced thought, they're inspired by the, the putties. I know. I, I like that you thought that they were more relevant than the Blue Man group. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just the faces. Maybe mm. it's just the masks. Come to my arms, my beamish boy. Oh, frab just a kaloo kalay, he chortled in his joy. I'm picking it up. Uh, one, two, one, two. The vorpal the, sword the, went snicker-snack. He went... Snack. He, he, and he took he, its head and... He, he, left, he left dead and with its head, his head he went galumphing back. Yeah, we got this. That's a great line. <laughs> I think that we should uh, do kind of a spoken. I, I think that we should pr perform this, you know, handing off verse by verse. We yeah. should perform it at open mic. We'll go. We'll go on tour. We'll do open mic tour across America. Okay. Which one of us gets to wear Freddy's costume? The ascot or the sweater? The, oh, come on. Well, you mean, know what I mean. Then I think it's all you, baby. Ascot, minor hat, nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> uh shaggy does have what might be my favorite line though just because of how grown worthy it is sure. art major and a gold miner <laughs> that was pretty good <laughs> i like that one quite a bit <laughs> uh yeah uh i i literally in my notes it says art major and a gold miner is a damn good one yeah that's not bad yeah yeah, congratulations, Shaggy. You, you actually made it into a joke that isn't at your expense. <laughs> also for... Uh, 
setting up the like setting up the pieces so that you can put it together second to the computer screen with everybody's faces the other part i loved beta what's that it's the second letter of the greek alphabet <laughs> right in my notes it says so alpha is the dinosaur yep yep I just love setting up those dominoes and hitting them. So many of the dominoes were so lazily set up. They were set up in filler moments. Mm -hmm. You stepped in poop. Oh, no. It smells bad. Let's move on. (laughs) So, uh, Thank you. Thank you for giving us these playing cards. We will now use them at our discretion. Yeah, they go right from my hand and into the bin, and it's like, okay, we'll save those for the Sherlock reveal at the end. I know I don't need to pay attention to them right now. You just didn't trust me to be okay with not having all the cards. Got it. I recently started watching uh, Murder on the Orient Express, the new one with Ken Branagh on a plane, Uh, (laughs) and I have to say that I'm very excited to finish that movie at some point. It looks real bad. Moving on. Um... Sure. Where was the connecting thread between those things? It's the Sherlock uh, oh, okay. uh, wrap-up because Hercule gotcha. Poirot does one of those. Uh, that's oh, his, okay. That's his thing is he gathers he everybody in the room. room. Yeah. yeah. One gotcha. of us is the murderer. It was me. Shit. <laughs> My buddy Andy, friend of the show, Andrew Boldick, uh, he was doing a bit for a while where it was... Uh, <laughs> Hercule Poirot doing the wrap-up, and you go, one of us is... I'm sorry, I swallowed part of my mustache. (laughs) (laughs) And it would just be different. I'm sorry, I was French-kissing a dog. (laughs) I want to meet this man. Make it happen. (laughs) Done. Uh, So... uh, Oh, I did want to bring us back to the chase scene, because I never... Every time... Look, listen... Feel. <laughs> when, when, look, taste. I, I, taste. Taste is important because uh, you have dead to taste people. the fear. The sixth sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, ability to know when you have to pee. God, I think that's one. The right? fifth element. That was the point of that movie, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam Rockwell is the fifth element. The uh, in Scooby Doo, there's one centerpiece which is unassailable. It always has to be here. It is the chase scene. Yeah. I want to talk about it. Okay. Let's get into detail. So the the dino corners Fred, Daphne, and Daphne and Velma while Scooby and Shaggy uh, are doing the minecart thing, which is mm-hmm. great. I'm glad they got on the minecart. I love that they're doing it like a, uh, you know, like it's one of those old timey, oh brother, where art thou style minecarts. Oh, yeah. The push car. Yeah. The push car. Yeah. Like, and um, they, the dino corners the rest of them and. The cart that had like Scooby and Shaggy are riding the cart. It comes in and over the course of no more than three frames, picks them up. (laughs) Slow it down and you'll see that their legs go from on the ground to up in the air to on the cart. They don't jump or anything. It's like this fucking thing comes in and just like takes them out at the in the, at the ankles. It's like they figured out the classic uh, uh, the spy is on the other side of the street and then a van drives by and they're gone. This yes. is what's actually <laughs> happening if yeah. the van didn't drive by. All of all of the verbs are in the gutter. We don't. <laughs> get any of it. It's so good. 
You know what? Uh, you just got to get to it. Just cut straight to the action, baby. <laughs> I do like the action where they explode out of the closed off mine exit. Like that thing is that thing is blocked off with wooden planks that have stood there for decades. Mm. And Scooby takes it all to the back. Well, like that thing comes out and Scooby's back is the only object that is in contact with it. Right? Presumably. Out of it. They have moved this cart faster than it's ever been moved before because it can no longer stay on the track and they must launch themselves into a palm tree. I love that Daphne screams, watch out, and we <laughs> see that the cart is headed for the tree. But, the, like, how could that be? <laughs> like, right. how could the cart actually... And we see they that it actually build isn't the, for the, tree. the track through the tree, right? So Daphne anticipates that the cart is going to jump the track yeah. and it then into the tree. Yeah, yeah, she's smart. She's smart Good geometry. Woman. Yeah, that's physics. That's geometry. That's all of them. I love that uh, Shaggy also says, "I don't know how to stop this thing." While he's still accelerating it. Yeah, yeah. Stop, stop, stop <laughs> pumping. Stop pumping. That, you, no, take your it hands off the, the thing. Opposite. It's the opposite. I guess maybe if he thinks it's the opposite of making it go, he'll try to do it in reverse and not get that. That's not how it works. But it's the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. It's like spelling radar backwards. <sighs> Ad raid. No? Close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, you said spelling and not saying, so mm, don't be negative on that one. I'm still in the clear. I've never heard it pronounced. Uh, I've only seen it written. Uh, <laughs> uh, excellent. Well, yeah. so we do only have one segment on this podcast. We are star stuff at the universe's test. Does this pass the Satan test? That's right. Famed philosopher of science and scientist himself, Carl Sagan, once said that he wanted an adult version of Scooby-Doo because it endorsed skepticism and the scientific method. Does this episode pass the Sagan test? Uh, I'm sorry. I have to interject here and yeah. ask you a question of my own. Yeah. Scooby-Doo uh, is known for involving a bunch, a bunch of different cultural uh, ethnicities okay. and portraying them sometimes well, sometimes not so well. Sure. Does this episode pass the Saigon test? <laughs> is that based off of Miss Saigon? Is the only preparation I did for the show, Nick. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd ask you this when it, when it inevitably turned into the Sagan test. <laughs> You're deflecting. <laughs> I'm deflecting. Uh, um, I'm gonna go with n- for 2002. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> 2002. We didn't quite understand that other people existed yet. Yeah, but just ha- acknowledging that other people existed was that first step. Then getting them <laughs> right was the next step we yeah, had to reach. But I, we've done that. Like that's Captain Planet diversity. That like we've had that since the eighties, though. I'm from Africa. <laughs> you sure are, Kwame. <laughs> I'm from Russia. <laughs> the end. Uh, Second, Link Lincoln. Wow. Okay. Is that Lincoln has planeteer? No, <laughs> Link Link has appeared on this uh, on this podcast. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Suspiciously. Second time with you. What is you? You've just got a thing for her. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. First, the first love of my life was Lola Bunny in Space Jam. Anyways, that's good. I mean, I'm I'm more of a Jessica Rabbit, but you know, whatever whatever hairs you hang your hat on is fine by me. Oh yeah, she's drawn that way. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I'm gonna say barely. Are good references. Thank you. I mean, like, you know it, but I feel like I don't say it enough. 
<laughs> I'm a walking episode of Family Guy. I'm that level of annoying. <laughs> oh no! Don't bring, don't bring yourself down. <laughs> don't bring me down. Ah, I can't turn it off. I love that song. Yeah, you know which one I realized that I absolutely loved the other day when somebody texted it to me oh. was it's just all caps. I just get a text that's take these broken wings. <laughs> And just me alone, just singing that out loud. And learn to fly again across the sky. One, one of those, a song that has been my obsession recently because I've been driving with my friend to work, and a lot of the time when we, because because he works at the same place as I do, and when we're when we're driving back, sometimes we have to take the country roads. Okay. So I'll say we. It looks like we're gonna have to take the country roads to go back, and he immediately jumps in with "Take Me Home." To the place where I belong, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home. Country road. I so hear your voice in the morning when it calls me. He tagged me, texts his wife saying, we're taking the country roads back, West Virginia, Mountain Mama. <laughs> just like hoping she figures it out. Mountain Mama. <laughs> that is a great line. It is really good. Uh, the other Thank one. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, the other one that will get uh, get me and my buddy is we'll just text each other, well, I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and then just the other person's like, the down Easter Alexa. <laughs> All you just got to get is like, well, I'm on is it's right up there with like Sam or like, you know, like, oh, God, no. Bound. Yeah, I was going to say Yitzbian. Yeah, Yitzbian. We're, we're like, Dana. Is <laughs> that my Sharona? No, it's sitting. Oh. I was going to go, Dana, Dana, or, or, or like this one. There's a farm out in Lincolnshire. <laughs> we know Every... of a remote farm in Lincolnshire. Every July, Every... peas grow there. <laughs> There's too many directives. Do you really mean that? Every July. I just think it's so nice that we say July and we have a great blanket of snow. We're saying it's we're saying it's July and she's already picked them. (laughs) The French. (laughs) Cut. Look, I just I needed to make sure that it it got in in every episode that we're on together. Make it in at least once. Famous for once. There's a farm in Lincolnshire. Uh there's Chris a, from coating. Ooh, that's a difficult one. I'm gonna have to break it up. There's a recurring bit in the universe of the critic that Orson Welles just does commercials. Yeah. <laughs> like at one really? point. Yeah, because he's doing. Oh my god, it's like a purgatory for him. Yeah, because he's like at one point doing like a a, a will video, like like he leaves to his yeah. brethren. He's like, I don't need to do this. I have a fish stick commercial in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> there, Jans Stang. Shit. <laughs> I now present under protest beef burgers. Now under protest is beef burgers. <laughs> this is a load of shit, you know that. <laughs> uh, ben, any uh, other notes you have from this episode? Oh, you you gave me the Sagan test. Yeah. Do you want uh, do you want to go through it? I don't feel comfortable wrapping up without having done that. Right. I think that it does pass the Sagan test. Yeah? yeah, we're we're given everything we need in a very, uh, you, you know, if you're given exactly as many puzzle pieces to solve the puzzle, mm. I feel like it is not really encouraging critical thinking. 
Every time a clue shows up, we know exactly why that scene is there. Is it to give us a clue? Mm-hmm. No critical thought required. <laughs> Just saying. But the suspicion is there that suspicion is there. Something else is happening, and you need to put these pieces together. Eh, I don't know. I, I feel like that's not enough. This show's for dumb fucking kids. <laughs> also, I but I will point out like the the Sherlock wrap up at the end. Yeah surprisingly logically consistent <laughs> you know i like i didn't expect them to incorporate all those elements to be able to create a whole it, just, it it felt like a draw by numbers thing you know like we're given the directions to make the conclusion and just because i drew by the numbers right i didn't really do anything i did like how they lured the other people away so that scooby could go get the dinosaur robot which he knew how to drive to bring it onto <laughs> the stage so velma can act real casual when that thing walks behind <laughs> her at the podium He's a very talented dog. I was like, it's right behind you. They're going to kill you. <laughs> She's like, I got this. My friend Scooby's driving. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Oh, marvelous. Well, <laughs> this has been a blast. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun to fun to do. I, I'd never been familiar with this iteration of Scooby Doo, so I'm glad you bring me. Take me home. <laughs> this I'm glad would you say this show is one big mountain, Mama? I'd say you West Virginia'd me <laughs> to this to this show. Yes. Oh, great. Well, tell the people what you have in the way of pimpage. What do you have going on? What do you have coming out? Uh, so I am, of course, a proud member, a proud member of the Cartoncast. Uh, that's Cartoncast.com. If you want to check out my podcast that I do with my younger brother, that our fellow Nick has uh, appeared on more than once. Mm. Hopefully we'll again at some other point. Mm. Um, it's a cartoon dissection podcast that is a lot of fun, and I think you'll enjoy it too. Um, you can also go ahead and check out Empowered, which Nick has already uh, explained to some degree. It The explanation was not done justice, not that you couldn't, but that nothing could really do it justice. You really just have to listen uh, for yourself. Uh, we're currently doing We're currently doing a theme month for the Legion of Superheroes comics, which means that I'm very critical of all the powers. Uh, I, I think that that is also a great deal of fun, and uh, you should check it out at FancyBat.com, our uh, group website for that. Mm. Marvelous. Well, thank you so much. Marvel Studios. <laughs> and let's pimp Marvel movies while we're at it. Thanks, they don't Marvel. get enough. Love you, Deadpool. <laughs> well, thanks, dude, for being on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And as always, to you and yours, this holiday season, there's a snake in my, my boot. Pants. Okay. Not that one. <laughs> Your trouser snake. Okay. What's with you, Scooby-Doo is a member of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Visit StolenDress.com to check out our other Stolen Dress podcasts, blogs, tweets, videos, and books.